Good morning, or whatever time of day you're listening to this. This is the Sharpening Your Sword podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Collins, and this is our first run of this. And joining me is... Howdy, buckaroos. It's Mark. Mark Coleflesh, and a friend and a brother in Christ, and all-around good egg. Co-conspirator. Oh, I like a little bit of background. We're also, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we look better in person. And uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. So, uh, but uh, we are, you're, you're getting to watch what we're doing live or what you're, what we're doing and you're seeing that on YouTube. But uh, we hope you're uh, going to enjoy this time together. Uh, what our goal in this, as I stated this last Sunday in our morning worship, uh, for those of you that just happen to be tuning in, by the way, I am pastor of Crossroads Community Church of the Nazarene. You see the logo behind me there. And uh, we invite you, of course, to tune in to our services, uh, either in person, which is always great, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here in Waterloo, or online. And you can pick those up on YouTube or through a link on our webpage. We also link to that on our Facebook page. And so you're welcome to check us out there. And much of what you'll hear in here uh, on our podcast is a follow-up to Sunday. Uh, What we do on every Sunday now is we are handing out question cards and encouraging people to turn to the service, to the sermon that was preached, or we've kind of expanded it a little bit and invited them to ask a question as it relates to their reading of the scripture that week, which goes to the sharpening your sword. And we're going to do a little bit of that today, answering some of those questions. And we're going to begin by giving some feedback or some, some uh, we're going to expand on what exactly is the sharpening your sword and and what are we getting at here we want to kind of set the stage and mm-hmm. and and so um mark one of the things that that we're looking at is is this intentionality of reading the scripture and why that's so very mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. important and and really getting at and we're going to tie into this into the first question when we get into that, which is how does sharpening our sword benefit the rest of the the armor, but really how it benefits the rest of our of our life. And and you you talked about you you had mentioned some of the research you had done on the even as it relates to I know many people are familiar with the seven habits. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And granted, that's not the basis of what we're doing, the seven habits, but you find this in there in this idea of sharpening your saw sharpening the saw which means preserving and enhancing the greatest asset you have which for us as christians is the bible so using that being ready with that our knowledge of the word of god is how we sharpen our sword right and one of the things that we're we're looking at is is again intentionality mm-hmm. um uh you know, as you were just going back to the whole Covey thing, Stephen Covey, he talks talks about it being proactive, being ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. I, my word that I just really love is is intentionality, and setting out through this next year. This is a year long challenge. That is this idea of 
intentionally putting before us what are we going to read how are we going to get into the word in a fresh new way a deeper way a more intentional way uh-huh. blocking out the other voices that we have begun to cling to or lean on or allow to permeate our souls and our lives and really that leads into this whole idea of of a media fast of of tuning out all the other voices and focusing solely on the word Mm -hmm. and in what what are some of those voices that you can think of that that jump into our life that we would want to maybe diminish or really outright get rid of well there's there's all kinds of messages flowing into us sometimes that we don't even notice through the entertainment programs we watch uh I, i just I'm, I'm amazed at some of the messages and even the fact that they're they're no longer covert. They're rather overt mm-hmm. in what they're saying. The, the, the philosophy that's being espoused in some of these programs we're watching. So it can be entertainment, you know, TV shows and movies. It can be um, YouTube videos. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, all kinds of funny videos online. And some of those, you know, are are relatively harmless but they're gigantic time wasters that keep us away from the word of god one of my rallying things has been just the influence of tiktok on our culture Mm -hmm. and you know i i I know a lot of people live and breathe on tiktok and you know it's again it's is it is it valuable is it necessary and and is it glorifying to god in your spirit and there's so much in there that isn't. I mean, I just, you know, about two, three months ago probably was, I decided I would download it on my phone just because I wanted to see what this was. And because, you know, I rail against it, I preach against it. And I just wanted to see, you know, is what I'm saying about this true? And so I, I downloaded it onto my phone or installed it or whatever you call it. And I, man, I, I tried to put your preferences so safer and things and as i as i looked at it sure enough man everything popping up the first several videos were all inappropriate now they weren't flat out nudity but there was still things that are not are not glorifying to god and do not have a place in our life and can lead your mind down some unproductive, and we might even go so far as to say sinful absolutely, alleys. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I know, you know, the argument would be, well, you can, you can, you know, just go and avoid those. But the fact is that if they're there, they're going to find a way in, and you don't need to be, mm-hmm. one, you don't need to be supporting that either. And so that's just one of the things, but there are so many ways that we, we, inhale media that Mm -hmm. can be a noise that can be something that takes our mind off of really hearing god's voice and that's really what this comes back to and one of the things i said yesterday that or on sunday that okay so for everybody understanding if i say that we're recording this on monday but it's going to go up on wednesday so just so you understand um but one of the things i said in the message was tuning out intentionally tuning out some of the other what some would consider holy or scriptural voices pastors preachers all this other teaching out there and and i know people are going well what's up with that those are good things why i said that and what i mean by that is if that's your sole um source 
of scripture or teaching or or getting into the word is through another teacher. If listening to me today is the only way you're getting into the word this week, you're doing yourself and, and really your spiritual life a disservice. These things that we're doing, the things that are online are supposed to be um, really, but your foundation must always be in your time with God, in your time in the word, because how else do you know whether or not what is being said is true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the word of God is the bread. You know, we might be the jelly that you put on it, but we always have to go back to the source, go back to the source, go back to the source. And any good teacher, any good uh, preacher is always going to say to you or should always say to you, get in the word and find it yourself. You know, I'm, I'll help you explain it to you. I'll point you to where it is, but you need to be in the word. We should always be pointing you back mm-hmm. to the word encouraging you yourself to get into that word and 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 get close to God in his word. Mm-hmm. And the other piece to this that we really are focusing on is accountability and that's going to begin this coming Sunday so I hope you tune into us here and we will have a way for you to sign up for an accountability partner through the website as well. Um, but we're going to encourage people if they would like an accountability partner to sign up for that this week and we will match people up intentionally matching people up so that they can enter into an accountability relationship mm-hmm. about how they're doing with the word how they're reading maybe discussing that together and and getting into that accountability I've uh, already signed up my accountability partner Joel Olstein. Wow. Yeah. Hey, and I, we're going to spend the year actually looking at what the word says. You know, so since this is being broadcast, I'm not going to say anything there that would get me in trouble. So we're just, we're going to leave that alone. If, if you know me, you know my thoughts on that. All right. And so we want to get into the first question and, uh, and, and get into what it is this, this podcast is about and, and what we're going to do. And, and so one of the questions coming out of yesterday's message because my topic was, of course, sharpening your sword and getting into the Bible, what we've been talking about. And I used two different texts. I, I went into 1 Samuel 13, and I highlighted the out their swords or, or without sharpened swords and how dangerous it was for them. Uh-huh. And that they had been relying on the Philistines. And I kind of gave that background. But then I tied us back into Ephesians 6. Of course, if, you, if you're familiar with the word or have heard it, you know that Ephesians 6 is the armor of God. And Paul's talking about that. And I took us into that. And then at the end of that passage, he says uh, about you know sh- having your sword and, and carrying the sword of, uh, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And and that's, that's in Ephesians, and I'll, I'll read that. He says, and, and pray in the Spirit on, uh, I'm sorry, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, mm-hmm. and, and how important that is for us to be in the Word of God so that our, our sword may be sharpened and that it's a, it's a weapon of attack and defense. And, and, and so how that relates to the other pieces of the armor how is it that the sword by sharpening the sword our the rest of our armor is affected amen yep. you know and 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 how important that is and so the the belt of truth uh if, and i'm just going to take a, a minute or so here a couple minutes and look at each item all right so the belt of truth 
uh, is is really um, uh, it's worn by Wonder Woman, isn't it? The belt. Of oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. You know, right. yes. I thought and she wore one. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's something like like that. But I, I got a feeling it looks different on me. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you look at the the belt of truth, it's, it's really uh, we're supposed to be marked as Christians by our ability for truth telling. Um, especially to our neighbor, but truth may also refer to our understanding of orthodoxy, the truth about God as it's revealed in the gospel. So how does, so, so Mark, what does that look like for us to, to, to wear the belt of truth? If it's, if it is supposed to be truth telling that, uh, you know, and, and as, as, as the one commentary that I read, uh, was indicating even to our neighbor, uh, and, and about our orthodoxy, how does sharpening our sword? Well, you know, one of the main things I think it does is it teaches us who God really is and what's really important to him. Because I'll tell you what, I hear Christians regularly say stuff that I think is slanderous against God when they say God hates this group or God is in favor of this group more than that group or God's blessing me because of this. I just want to say you don't understand who God is and the things that he values when you say things like that. So as Christians, we need to have a proper understanding of God, a proper understanding of salvation, a proper understanding of our relationship with him so we don't say stupid stuff that hurts the kingdom of God. Right, and exactly. And I, to, to your point, hearing people misquote uh-huh. the scripture all the time or misinterpret the scripture, horribly misinterpret, or take right. one verse uh-huh. uh, or even a couple of words and, and get some really bad folk theology out of that. Yep. By it because they've not, or they hear something somebody else says, not even a preacher or a teacher, just hear it in the news or on some, you know, somebody on, on some video or something says something and they, they, they say, well, that must be what God thinks. And boy, if that's the case, I don't like God. And, and that becomes their source of truth. And it's not truth. Truth is only what God tells us it is. And he says that through his word and through the power of his Holy Spirit in our mm-hmm. life. And truth is truth, whether you accept it or not. The truth is truth. It, it, you can you cannot accept the truth. That doesn't change it from being true. Preach it, preacher. And and so that's that's just the reality of it. And so sharpening our sword, being in the Bible, uh, and and understanding His Word, is foundational to that belt of truth. The breastplate, oh. righteous character, uh, not just His justifying activity, but 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 being put right with God. So that righteousness, by us being made right with God, um, and and being close to Him, and, and having His us reflecting Him. To me, the very definition of the word Christian is is to be Christ-like. That's why people who claim to be Christian but have no real relationship with Christ or or, or have that, I, it really, I'm un, I really have a hard time with that because I'm thinking, okay, if you're Christian, that means to be Christ-like, to be made like Christ. And that is a transformational thing. It's not something where he, we just get a stamp on our head and just get left the way we are. It's a transformational thing where God transforms us mm-hmm. and, and we are made righteous. So what in the world does sharpening our sword have to do with that? 
Well, when we sharpen our sword, we get to understand that our righteousness is not in our goodness, in our deeds done, but it is in the righteousness that is put upon us, given to us through God, through the, the sacrificial death of Christ. Those are the things that we learn when we get into the word. Quit relying upon yourself and what you can do. Start realizing that your righteousness is from God alone. Yep. And, and, that, and that transformation, he does that through prayer which is so very important. And we're going to be talking about that in the weeks to come with the word and prayer go hand in hand. And through his word and through the Holy Spirit living within us and the work of transformation that the Holy Spirit does in us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and absolutely, this is not something we do on our own. This is not a to-do list that we have, this righteousness. It is something that God does in us. Our only part of this, that we, our, our work. In- That's right. That's that's our work is our surrender, our surrendering to him in prayer. Give it up. Our surrendering to him by getting into his word, learning more about him and allowing that transformational thing to happen within us. But so important is that is by getting in his word and knowing him and and drawing close to him. Mm-hmm. So now there's this in this in this uh list of armor is this idea of peace, uh feet readied for uh, from the gospel of peace. You think uh, Paul was a pacifist? No. Because he used <laughs> lots of, of warfare <laughs> imagery. Yeah, so as we think of, you know, he's not a pacifist. Although, he's quick to point out that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right. It is a spiritual battle. Um, however, the best offense in this is to be people of peace Uh to set if you want a peaceful life your best step now that doesn't mean you're by being a person of peace that does not mean that you're always going to have peace in your life i mean there's the world around us and and the spiritual warfare around us is violent Uh and and so you may and most likely will have conflict but that doesn't change the fact that we can be in our spirit a person of peace. I mean, when we get into the conflict, we we need to fight and we need to do what what God's calling us to do. And I'm not talking about earthly wars. We're, remember, we're talking about spiritual battles and things like that. Uh, but we need if if we leave that lead that life of peace, that is a great place to start from. So, how in the world does the Bible help us with that? Well. The, the Bible assures us that whatever storm is going on around us, that we are safely in the hands of God, that we don't need to fear the things that the world fears. And so, you know, I, I, I'll give a quick example of this. Incarcerated, getting sleep was one of the hardest things to do um, because there was always chaos around me. And I simply had to pray and said, God, give me peace. Give me sleep in this situation. And a lot of nights it was like he just put his hand over my, my body and shut out all the outside noise. In the midst of the storm, we can have peace. Those waves, that wind, that won't knock us down. Exactly. So then there's the shield of faith. And, and that is that we would be able to resist evil and and stand firm and this goes back to what i talked about yesterday when i gave the example 
of of standing firm in the battle and resisting mm-hmm. it and and how did Christ show us that and that was our knowledge of the word uh, being able to because Satan has no no ability to overcome God in any way shape or form has no ability to overcome his word and the promises and the truth and when we speak those when we speak them to him he must flee and he must cower back I mean that doesn't keep him from trying to lie which is all the more reason why we need to be firm and strong in our foundation because mm-hmm. he will try to lie just like he did with Eve, with Eve in the garden. I mean, he started it all the way back then. But if we know the truth and we're close to God and we our, our sword is sharpened, man, and, and we understand who we put our faith in, which is really the entire crux of the Bible, seeing how God has been faithful over and over and over and over again. If, if you, you see that and you know that, how strong is that faith? You know, yeah, and that shield of faith, and and then finally the helmet of salvation is our knowledge of our salvation, and that we carry that, and we know that, and we can relate that, and we can share that, and we can we can we can speak to that, and and the importance of that, and again, the the scripture continually reminds us that as we walk with God, we are His. And, and, and that transformed, he has us mm-hmm. and, and how important that is, the, the knowledge of our salvation. That's right. And, and yeah. That, yeah, that's part of that relationship. We, we, we tend to, to fall into this trap of thinking we're, we're a, a mindless, blind faith, but there is a whole lot of knowledge wisdom that is behind what we believe and that guides us in our actions. Uh, so we're, we're not just stumbling through life going, well, God, I guess you're going to figure this out. No, we're, we're confidently walking in the knowledge that God gives us uh, about our salvation and about his promises for the future to come. That's right. Okay, so the next question that we want to jump into is was submitted because of somebody actually being in the Word this week, which is great, and a question that came out of their sharpening their sword time in the Word, and it's out of Genesis, and it's out of Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel, where Cain's offering to God was not acceptable. And the question was, essentially, why was Cain's sacrifice insufficient since the sacrificial system had not been instituted yet? This was obviously before Moses, and so we don't have a sacrificial system. So if that's the case, then why in the world is Cain in trouble? What did he do that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And the answer to this question is going to bring us all the way back around to the very beginning of our podcast today. And it really, all, it's all about heart. So mm-hmm. what, what, what in the world does that mean? Well, you know, we, we have to, to make some inferences in this story. And, and uh, you were talking about some earlier in the fact that, you know, Cain and Abel were raised with parents who had walked and talked with God. So, of course, they would have the idea of worshiping God, uh, and out of this grows, grows the idea of sacrifice. We don't know exactly what that had to do with, you know, the animals having to die for clothing or some other message that was given to them. But somehow, Cain and Abel know that sacrificing to the Lord is important. 
Right. And, and God first in all things. And whether that was a, a share or what, but God mm-hmm. first in all things. And so the, the sacrifice was very important. But notice that uh, as we read, if you read that passage, and I'm going to do what I said I should do, which is I'm going to point you back to Genesis 4 to get back in there and read it. I'm not going to take the time in here to read that, but I'm going to point you back to Genesis 4 to read that. But notice that he doesn't say in there that the sacrifice itself was wrong, that what he offered up was wrong. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that at all. It was the heart behind it. What was Cain's attitude, his mood, his motive behind it? That was the problem. And, and God calls him on that and recognizes that. Now, how in the world does that relate to us and relate to sharpening our sword? Because it does, it, it does and, and uh, something crashed back here, but oh well. Um, we're all okay. Uh, so what, what in the world does that have to do with sharpening your sword and in uh, our worship, in our, in our life? And quite simply, we don't offer sacrifices the way that Cain and Abel did. We, we worship and sacrifice in a whole other way. Mm-hmm. And worship can and, and should be an occasion for listening to God's instruction, for reconciliation, and for fellowship, spurring anger as it did in, in Cain's situation and resentment. And how, what does that look like for us in our worship life? Well, one of the things that, that grows out of the story is the fact that Abel gave, it, the, the wording is pretty specific, he gave the first newborn lamb and he gave the best uh, of, the, of the lamb. And so um, at that point, Abel doesn't know if there's going to be more lambs born after it. He's confidently in faith giving to God the best and the first. And when it comes to worship, we shouldn't just be giving God our leftovers, what's convenient. Uh, King David said, I will give nothing to the Lord that costs me nothing. And too often we tend to go, well, I got a few minutes I can give to God here. Or what's it going to hurt to give one hour on Sunday morning to God? No, that's, that's not what worship is about. Right. And, and when we come into worship, you know, first of all, the, 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 ad, the act of coming together with the body for worship is very important. Now, granted, per- worship is also a personal thing. And, and I believe that we worship God every day, not just for that one hour out of 168 that we come together, but we worship every every day in our spirit. But that corporate worship is so very important. And for the purposes of this question and this discussion, let's look at that in the sense of when we come in here, what is it that our, what is our attitude like? Are mm-hmm. we focusing on, you know, we've talked for decades about the attitude toward the style of worship and people get uptight over, well, they didn't sing my song or they sure didn't sound pretty when they sang that or there were sound problems or the preacher went on way too long or this, that, or the other. Or, you know what, I, I was here and 
so-and-so is here and I know that they've got problems in their life and what are they doing here because we got into an argument this week and I can't worship because so-and-so is here. Am I stepping on any toes yet? During worship, pull out your phones to... Yeah, what distractions, what things, you know, are we allowing to get in, in the way of it or or how quickly we will find a reason to not even show up? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, it's... it's sacrifice is just that a sacrifice i like you quoting david in there i will not give anything to god that doesn't cost me something and and that's that surrender to it all harkens back to that what is our heart in our worship and is our heart truly god first glorifying to him and putting him on the throne of that you know, when the songs that we sing, we talked about it yesterday and we talk about it often that our songs that we sing are prayers. They're a communication to God. And, and that indicates our heart. I mean, if we're singing some of these songs, these words and these songs are powerful, mm-hmm. whether it's a hymn or whether it's a chorus or what, these are powerful. The person that's writing these is writing a prayer, a communication to God. And I'm often stunned by the fact that we can sing these words and have no reaction whatsoever. Because it's, wait a second, these these words are a communication to God. It should automatically put us in his throne room. That's right. You know, in his sanctuary, in his temple, communicating to him. We are in the presence of a mighty, wonderful God. If that doesn't rock you, nothing will. And the fact that he was there before us. He was in this sanctuary before any of us showed up. He knew that we were coming, and he provided his very best. He knew that you were going to listen to this podcast today, and hopefully he has given you something out of that. But the question is, did you go into it seeking something? Mm-hmm. Did you come into it with the right heart? And that brings us all the way back around to the very beginning with this whole year-long process. And we're encouraging people to take a two-week media fast uh, and, and stepping away from all media uh, our phones. Now, that doesn't mean phone calls and text messages, although, trust me, I wished we could, but no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the media on our phones, the games, the computer games, the YouTube videos, the the television at home, including... The news updates. The news updates 24-7 sur- surrounding ourselves with news and, and, and all of these other things that just jam into our lives. And But as you do that, Hear me say this, if you're considering doing this two-week media fast and you're doing it just because pastor said it was a good idea or your spouse is doing it or you want to, you know, look good or, or, you know, chalk one up to God, I made it through two weeks. Can I tell you, don't even bother. Don't even try. Don't even start. Okay. Don't, don't even go down that road. Now, somebody's going to say, you're crazy for saying that. Well, maybe I am. But if your heart isn't right, one, you're not going to make it through the two weeks because it's not easy. And two, you're not going to get out of it what God has for you mm-hmm. because you're not seeking him in it. Your heart isn't right. And so I'm, I'm telling you that I, as we're going down this road of sharpening our sword, every time we open up the Bible, 
to read it. It can't be about, well, this is my daily reading time. I guess I got to do it. No, friends, that's school homework. That's homework when you're in school. That was my attitude when I had teachers assign me reading. Well, I got to do this now. Don't do that with the Word of God. This isn't a list of something to do. Worship is not something, well, I got to go to worship so the pastor thinks I'm a good person or my friends think I'm okay. Forget it. Don't do the media fast because it's something to do. Our heart must be right with God, Him first. We can receive everything that He has for us. The transformation that we have talked about. It must be with Him first. Totally sold out to Him. Lord, what do you want to say to me in this? That's right. And and so that's really what our hope is and what you'll pull out of this. And as we do these podcasts... That's our goal, is that you'll encounter the Holy Spirit and not just listen to a couple of knuckleheads uh, blathering on for 30 minutes. And uh, although, you know, we do have a lot of fun working together. And so I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you'll tune in again with us next week on Wednesday. We usually will try to have these up Wednesday morning on our website, on Amazon. Maybe that's where you found us today or on uh, Spotify, I think it is. And, uh, or what's the other one, Dave? Dave is here. Is that it? Amazon, Spotify, and then we will link it to our website. Oh, iTunes. I said Amazon. Excuse me. See, that's why I need my son. He's, he's the smart one of this bunch. He's the brains here. He's the producer. He's, yeah, he's got us. And, uh, I thank God for him every day. And, uh, but iTunes is where you find it. iTunes, Spotify, and our website. And so uh, we will see you here and uh, hopefully see you Sunday. And just know that uh, our prayer for you is that God will bless you richly as you encounter his word in the power of his Holy Spirit. Have a great day. Adios, amigos.